Riverdale, Season 3, Episode 11, Chapter 46, The Red Dahlia. After one of their own becomes the target of an unseen assailant, the gang works together to get to the bottom of the Riverdale's latest mystery. Okay, so this one where they went full in to a style. And they are at their best when they do that. So they, they decided to go film noir, but that makes total sense for this show and the characters as they're written both in the comics and in this world. So there are a couple moments that were a little too cheeky for my taste, but it works in this place and that with this storyline, you know, when they're not on a murder case, this is stupid, but this works. This, this, for what's happening, it's great. They just should have watched Ryan Johnson's Brick a few times before they did this oh, episode. Just, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that movie. Yeah. <laughs> feels so good. I'm going to have to watch that again. We own it. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Star Wars himself yeah. creating the entire expanded universe made the most amazing teenage film noir that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. That was really good. All right. So let's recap the recap. Tallboy's the Gargoyle King. Hiram set a quarantine in town. Seizures have gripped Riverdale. Varchi is done. Betty's seeing her dad. Claudius is dead. Sheriff Mineta got killed. Fangs and Sweepy killed Tallboy. And Hiram got shot. <gasps> All right. So we start with Jughead typing away in the blue and gold. He's using a different voice again. And he's got his suspenders on. We haven't seen the suspenders in a while. And we've got some jazzy detective music playing in the background. Yeah. Jughead's saying, you know, like, once a safe, decent, innocent place had become Noir Town. Blah. Like the setting of a Raymond Chandler story filled with dames to kill for, postmen who like to ring twice, and more mobsters than a Scorsese re- retrospective at the Bijou. I like that reference. But I hate his narration here. His narration is horrible. It's too much. Yes. They should have used the language much sparingly. Because that's what makes feel good film noir. Yeah, I, no, exactly. And also... The scenes where he is in the blue and gold being the gumshoe detective guy should have been in black and white. That's too much. Okay, then everything that is quote unquote a flashback should have been in black and white. That I could go with. That would have made more sense to me. But we don't want to go too deep down the rabbit hole here because then it's a parody. And that's not what I want them to do. This is a show based on a comic book. Just just wanted to make sure I, I, I reiterate that. For they you. have, on occasion, really done well with true. this show. True, 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 true. And I'm trying to get them to do that instead of making it laughable. All right. So we cut to the bunker and FP's there. He's like, all right, explain it to me again. And they've told him some lie that they put Tallboy on a bus. That's how he's being exiled. And FP is just like, I'm going to pretend like I believe you idiots for now. <laughs> I love it when the adults call the kids idiots because it needs to happen more. Oh, Sheriff FP. Kids need to call parents liars in the moment more and the parents need to call the kids idiots and horny all the time. <laughs> yes. Because those it's... are both, those are all factual things. <laughs> these are, these are facts. These are objective facts. Yes. Effie says, like, next time you see me, you better have a better story. He's like, I know you're lying to me. Do a better job. No, no. We pan down and see Tallboy's corpse lying under the bunker bed. We get some more narration. Claudius Blossom had taken the big sleep, and my girlfriend, Betty Cooper, had murder on the brain. Murderers in Betty's world need to be brought to justice. Bad narration. So we head over to Hal's cell. Betty's talking to him. And they're talking through, like, Claudius's death. Like, oh, they're saying it's a suicide. But I think he was murdered. 
So they're going back and forth and asking, you know, how did he get the poison? Whose MO is this? And, you know, they're pointing to Penelope. But if nobody else is asking questions about Claudius' death, why are we? Because it's black and white and wrong, Dad. That is a very noir line. I enjoy it. Also, the newspaper is the Lodge Ledger. Yes, it's the Lodge Ledger. Nice. Um, And we basically decided, you know, that Penelope's been killing people (laughs) with abandon and framing it as murder sites. So it's a perfect murder. And Hal says, well, you've already figured out the pattern. So think about it. And they come to the conclusion that Cheryl knows something because Cheryl was there when Clifford died. There's only one unexplained suicide. That's Clifford Blossom. No, there was a witness, which means it's not a perfect murder. Yeah. So it's next morning. We're at Andrew's house. And we've got, you know, this conversation between Archie and Fred. Archie basically says, so I don't think I should go to college. Maybe it's not for me. Maybe I can work uh, at the construction company. Fred says there's no shame in hard work. But where's this coming from? It's an appropriate adult question to ask your son. Who's decided that he's done with high school? Well, I mean, he he had a bad moment in the last episode. Life? Bad life? Yeah. 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 Uh, Okay, let's just say for the last year or so, he's making some really shitty decisions, so he needs to kind of get out of... Trying to get back to normal is not a good idea for him. So Fred says, all right, cool. If you're serious about it, get your butt in gear. Your shift starts in an hour. Okay, good. Archie's going to go work with his hands. We cut to the job site. And Archie's just breaking concrete with a sledgehammer. He's just going after it, going after it. The whistle blows. Crew chief comes out. It's like, all right, you know, it's mealtime. And he starts going into Archie like, hey, you need to stop. This is a union crew. You have to take your breaks. And Archie's Archie's not done. He keeps busting rocks. And then they start getting in their faces. And Archie's like, I don't need a break. And Vic, the, the foreman, is like, you do not want to do this, kid. I got 100 pounds on you. Archie shoves him. That's it. I don't care if you're Fred's kid. You're off my crew. And Archie's just like, the hell I am. I love that Vic, he doesn't even do the threatening voice. He's just like, kid, you do not want to mess with me, okay? I can beat you into a freaking pulp. I've yeah. been working construction for 30 years. I don't care how jacked you are. Yeah, it's like, you're a stupid kid. Like, <laughs> just, just shove it. And I just went fucking dumb, stupid, fucking Archie. <laughs> just take a goddamn break. Listen to a grown-up. A grown-up that you've known probably your whole life. Like, there's no way he hasn't known Vic for a very, very long time. Jeepers. Yeah. We go to the nightclub, and Veronica is there talking to Elio. He has brought a very large floral arrangement. And Veronica says, well, I love a grand gesture, Elio. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. <laughs> and Elio's like, these are your father. I heard he's in the hospital. You just need to know, like, jobs like the hit on your father it's very rare they go unfinished so ellie is there to warn her about other people coming in to get her dad's territory oh the vultures are circling yeah a good looking problem was about to walk through my door (laughs) we go back to the blue and gold jackets typing away and veronica walks in looking very uh well as jughead says nice hat bacall it's Uh now, I appreciate the calling it out because the, the uh, intended audience may not know no. Lauren Bacall and film noir, but the hat is a bit much. It's just, it was too much. Like the cape, we've seen her wear that in the show several times. That style of dress works for her. The hat was just too over the edge for me. Too much. Too much. I like her saying, I got a job for you, Jones. I like her calling him Jones. 
she hands him a giant stack of money. She's like, I want to know who tried to kill my dad. And I'll tell you your first suspect, my mom. A few weeks ago, I overheard them arguing. And this is where we get a flashback to the scene where Veronica wakes up from her seizure mm-hmm. from, the, from the previous portion of the series. We see uh, Hermione and Hiram yelling at each other. No, I supported you. You swore to me that this wouldn't happen. What's going on? And Veronica explains, I saw my mom berating my father. And like, that's not normal. That never happens. Yeah, that's that's that's... That's not cool. Jack had asked, you know, what if you don't like like what I find out? Ryan says, I'm a big girl. I can take it. Well, consider me your Philip Marlowe. And then, you know, she goes and Jughead, we get more Jughead narration. I didn't mind playing detective, especially for this price. But if I had known then and there where this investigation would lead me, I would have never taken the money. Riverdale. Also, this is a very actual good noir line. Bunch of people want to see your old man hit the maple barrel. That's pretty funny. That is a Raymond Chandler level line. That is very Raymond Chandler. Just get another pass at it, man. Jughead visits the mayor. All right. Did you kill your husband? <laughs> I mean, okay. I appreciate that we don't even pretend. Well, but Hermione's reaction, that's direct. But did you shoot him? <laughs> Jughead says, no, from what I hear, not all is well at the Pembroke. Hermione says, okay, I got records, witnesses. I was at Pops picking up lunch for Hiram when he was shot. And Jughead asks about the argument. Well, Mr. Jones, if you must know, we were fighting because I got Hiram having an affair. I had been suspicious for a while, so I had Sheriff Minetto follow him. This was before he got butchered, of course. And he gave me these. And he shows him pictures, like, you know, like, obviously, like, surveillance pictures. And who is in the picture? But one Miss Kelly Rippa. Now, if you do not know this, Kelly Rippa is married to Mark Consuelos, who plays Hiram Lodge. It's a good bit. So now we're having a little Rippa Consuelos time. I, I'm fine with it. It's silly, but who cares? Kelly Rippa can act, so I'll allow it. <laughs> they met on a soap. Better than the Andy Cohen crap we pulled. Oh, out. that was dirty. It just didn't make any sense. Jughead says, you know, Hiram having another woman is a pretty good motive to shoot him. No, it isn't. I simply asked him to end it, and he did. Now, I'm telling you this because I have nothing to hide. Keep those. I mean, who knows? Maybe Hiram's mistress was angry when he called it quits. You do know how volatile blondes can be. <laughs> That's a cute dig. And also, again, very noir. Especially the blondes. Volatile blondes are a big thing in noir. I love it. So we go back to Andrew's house, and Archie's trying to get up to leave, and Fred's like, oh, no. You're not going to the job site. You picked a fight yesterday. And Archie's like, I'm trying to do my job. It was Vic. And Fred's like, this is bullshit. No. I don't believe you. Oh, and also, what about this? And he pulls out the bottle of liquor that Archie was drinking previously. And he's like, you know, you're not the first kid that's ever taken a drink in high school. And this does not solve your problems. Hi, Dylan McKay. <laughs> in 90210, Luke Perry played Dylan McKay, who was an alcoholic. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I love it. It makes me so happy and I will never apologize. Archie just is all Archie about it. I'm out of here. Fine. Take a walk, Archie. Clear your head. And while you're out there, think about how you need to shape up. He yells at him. I was like, damn, Fred. Fred got pissed. This one's being a dick. (laughs) He is being a dick. All right. So now we're at this little house. We're at the Claudius funeral and no one is there. And it is creepy as fuck. And Betty walks in. Sweet darling Betty, you've come to pay your respects. 
Uncle Claudius was family, so mourn with us, cousin. Pat, pat, pat. Yeah, so blah blah, 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 blah. Penelope pretends to cry. Nana Rose leans over to Betty and says, crocodile tears. Nana Rose's side eye is a mood. She knows what is up. In the hallway, Cheryl's like, look, what do you want? <laughs> Pretty much. As much as I enjoy mourning with you as the next person, why are you here? I came to talk to you. A lot of people connected to your mother have been dying by poisoning or strange suicides, including your father. Cheryl's very defensive. He slipped a rope around his neck and kept the maple barrel out from under him. End of story. And Tony walks up, like, is everything okay? Betty was being a gnat as usual, TT, and I'm afraid I don't have the patience for it. You know, Tony defends her. like, back off, Betty. It's been a rough day. And so we kind of end that. We go down to the bunker. Sweet Pea and Fangs are, you know, they need to talk to Jughead. Jughead's annoyed. Like, I'm on a case. Gargoyle gang is riled up. They're looking for Tallboy. And as long as his body's down here, it's a ticking time bomb. You know, everybody's freaking out. Okay, let's not lose our heads. Fangs, I need you to stay here with Tallboy. And I need you to lock this place up. Sweet Pea, I need you to tail someone for me. We go to the hospital and Veronica's in the hallway with Hiram's Kapos. Nico, Leah, we're in a crisis. The mob underworld smells blood in the water and we need to change the narrative. Obscure the fact that my father is down for the count and present a strong front. And blah, 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 blah. Nico and Leo basically just tell her every reason why this is a bad idea. Like, you know, they tell her, you need to sell to Elia's family so you don't look weak. And she fires them. I don't need you to mob-splain this to me. I did like that. That, that was, was a cute. good line. And they're like, you're getting rid of the only capos you have left? Oh, you mean the two clowns who didn't protect my dad from getting shot? Yeah, no, we're good. She has a point. Fuck <laughs> yeah, Veronica. I'll give her that. Veronica taking charge is way more interesting, and I kind of love it. Empowered Veronica is good. Annoying privileged Veronica is not. Well, yes, she's got to get past There's, that part. Mm. They don't know how to balance that appropriately. They're uh, working on it, though. We go to the nightclub and we've got Reggie and Smithers. <laughs> I consider you both inner circle. Smithers as my former doorman and Reggie as my jacked jack of all trades. <laughs> it's lame, but I'll allow it. I asked you here because I need people I can trust. We don't have anybody and we got to present a strong front. Smithers suggests, you know, when we knew the enemy would storm the barricade at any moment, you know, this is back in the war, I collected the helmets from our dead and propped them atop our bayonets high enough so that they would be visible to our enemies and give them pause. And this gives Veronica an idea, but they're going to need Smithers' bus driver's cap. Okay, we're walking down the halls of the five seasons. It's Betty Drew and Jughead. They're looking for this blonde bombshell who is Hiram's mistress. The concierge tipped them off about the floor, but, oh, man, I wish they'd given me a room number. Well, maybe you don't need a room number. And they see a door with a glowing maple leaf on it. It's on brand, so I like it. A glowing red maple leaf. So they're talking outside the door. Betty's waiting to talk to Dr. Curdle Jr. about the autopsy on Clifford Blossom because there was none on Claudius. Penelope had him cremated before they could do it. So they keep walking around. And they get there, they're at the door and they're like, well, we're not just going to leave. We've got to at least try it. It's a Bogart move. Come on. So they open the door and they walk in. It's like, and now apparently there's a not so secret sex club in Riverdale. And we hear whips cracking and moaning. And they just kind of like walk through the place like, excuse me, what is this place? <laughs> 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 Which is so teenager of the two. Like, it's just precious. I'm into it. 
a lovely lady says, it's the Maple Club, a safe place, as long as you know the safe word. And so they show her a picture of Kelly Ripa. Have you seen this woman? Has she ever come in here? And the, the woman is like, you just scared off one of my clients. Jughead pulls out cash. And suddenly she's like, she doesn't work here, but I see her around. Try room 311. Episode reference! It's an episode reference! Is it or is it a band reference? It's not because they do not know how to come original. Thank you. I've been spending too much time with James. <laughs> well done. <sighs> you know, with that blonde hair, you might say amber is the color of her energy. Love it. <laughs> I'm proud of us. So ashamed, <laughs> but proud. All right. So in comes Penelope. Laura, why did Mr. Arclight leave in such a rush? What are you two doing here? That you're this a private club. You mean brothel? All right. So they start talking. And okay. These women are not victims. It's the men who suffer here. We specialize in domination. Of course they do, because that's the only fetish that's allowed on television. These ladies are making enough to start new lives. I mean, Betty drops the line of exploiting women, and I and I was just like, "Fuck off, Betty!" Like that's such bullshit. Oh, remember when you were using your alter ego to assault a dude? <laughs> like we haven't forgotten that. It's just like sex work is work. Let people do it. You know, Betty says, "You know, you're only helping yourself." Penelope says, "Well, why shouldn't I?" And she kind of retells her little bit of what happened to her at Sisters of Quiet Mercy, which is a nice callback. You know, Betty kind of gets in her face. Is that what you call you killed Claudius? And Penelope's just like, whatever. I was right here when the poor man died. Ask any of my girls. So they're leaving the club. And Jack is like, fun fact of the day, Penelope's a madam of a club. (laughs) And so, yeah, they're like, hey, do you want to check out room 311? I could use one of your bobby pins. It's very precious. But Betty gets a call. It's Curdle. Maybe you tracked down Clifford's autopsy report. And just like that, you're back on the case. No rest for the wicked. Not in a wicked town. See you later. Very cute. I like the banter. Like, it's just, I mean, it's very cheesy. Watching it, I was fine with it. Talking through it again, I'm way over it. Oh, yeah. Because it's just its just a little, it's just a tiny bit too much. Which is a giant avalanche too much when it's just a little too much. All right. We go to the nightclub, which apparently Josie's singing at the club, like, in the afternoon. But Archie is getting sauced. Reggie says, let me call you a cab. He should have said Uber or Lyft. I'll leave when I'm ready. And he's like, dude, Veronica's dealing with enough crap. She doesn't need you making a scene. Can I get another bartender here, please? Another bartender. And so then, I guess, Toby. The bouncer. The bouncer dude comes over to take him out. And Josie steps in. Is like, I got, he's my friend. I got it. And so we see a cut to her throwing him in a shower. And Archie's like, Josie, you, you can't tell Veronica about this. Listen up, Andrews. You're in a free fall and I'm not having it. It's time for a literal and metaphoric cold shower. And she turns the water on him. Fuck yeah, Josie McCoy. Man, Josie's the only one with some sense. Horrible. Give Josie a real story and make it not horrible or obnoxious time for a con at the docks mm-hmm. all right veronica's at the dock she's looking very hermione she's got smithers as the driver it's a classic con smoke and mirrors with a pretty girl and she's there she's collecting the vic she's getting the money so she gets back in the car and while this is happening 
they've rolled the window down and there's someone in the car with a with a hat on it's like oh i assume you know my father hiram lodge and they're like all right okay see you next week and so she gets back in the car and smithers is like well played miss veronica thank you smithers and thank you man in black and it's reggie dressed as hiram uh, we get on to the morgue with the creepy Curdle Jr. Apologies, Miss Cooper. Okay, Clifford Blossom had a neurotoxin in his bloodstream. So he had all, it appeared like a hanging, but that's not why he died. Pufferfish venom. So, okay, I like that we finally got a little more info about what happened in the barn. I mean, it's not a full reveal, but okay, I'll take it. I'll accept new information. When I just love Curdle Jr. at every moment is like, I am not telling you this is how he died. Wink, 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 wink. Because I cannot do that because I am a robot. <laughs> he was already dead when he hung himself. And Betty's like, gotcha. Yeah, well. Yeah, we're at the Andrews house again and Josie has made Archie a drink. What's this? It's lemon, ginger, and cayenne. And he has to kind of talk about, you know, what he's been going through and Josie says, you know, I think you need to channel your anger into something constructive, like music, maybe. Duh! <laughs> Duh! Uh. Or if you want to hit things. Kevin's dad boxes at the gym. Either way, you've got to deal with the demon's head on. Thank you, Oracle Josie. Josie's such a cool character, and y'all fucked her up so bad. I'm yeah, mad. I know. And that's basically what they talk about. Like Archie realizes he's got to go kill one last demon. I gotta face his head on. Which is just like, you fucking moron. Of course you didn't kill your demons in a dream. Well, this is unwise. Veronica's in the study. She's going through a bunch of paperwork. Get some jughead narration. That's one thing about being a crime boss. You learn to never leave a paper trail. But Hermione Lodge, it seems, was out of practice. And Hermione walks in and Veronica's like, what the hell, mom? I was entering the take into daddy's ledger and I noticed a shady collection of invoices and receipts. So I dug deeper. Daddy's Fizzle Rock Empire? You're a part of it, mom. Hermione's like, no. And at this point, I'm just like, Hermione is still fucking dumb. Like, she's so fucking dumb. And Veronica like starts looking at these things like, oh, you ordered the quarantine. You paid these invoices. Your name in blood red ink. And basically... We get to this whole thing that Hermione found out that Hiram had put all of the drug operation into the prison. So she created the distraction to get rid of it. But then, typical of your father, he lied to me. And instead of shutting down, he consolidated everything into the prison. Believe me, Veronica, I want no part of this. I believe her. I believe that part of her. But she's a fucking mobster. She is. She, you know, Veronica's like, all right, let's burn everything to the ground while daddy can't do anything about it because he's still laid up in the hospital. And Hermione just says, now that is one option or we could sell it. I already have a buyer lined up. All cash offer willing to take the drugs, the lab, everything. Why shouldn't we get something in return for all the pain he has caused? She's a fucking mobster. She wants to go legit, but she wants to win. Mm hmm. By doing so. Winning is more important than being than being legit. Exactly. And she already knows. She's in the office and it's not legit. And she thinks she can do both. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, that's not how that works. <laughs> mm-hmm. Veronica clearly understands that problem. Because mm-hmm. Veronica does want to be running a legitimate business. We go back to the Maple Club and Betty is confronting Penelope. I know that you faked Clifford's hanging and lied to police. I know that you used puffer fish venom. You'll go to jail for this. It won't be justice for everyone that you've killed, but it's a good start. And Penelope's like, you know, you think you know what I've done, but have you paused to consider why? 
Betty goes on to say, because you're a serial killer, a black widow, the Red Dahlia, let's call you, which is a nice name. I'll take that. You poison people, not people, Betty. Men. <laughs> okay. This is one of those, every once in a while, Penelope steps up and I'm like, mm, I like you here. <laughs> yeah. It's, they've ruined her character too. I know. Uh, she's like, they were, they are the true poison. Clifford killed my son. Daryl was a Judas and Claudius. Well, I'm surprised you're not thanking me for that one because he caused your seizure. He caused everyone's seizures. Claudius was running a Fizzle Rocks operation in our once distinguished maple factory and dumping the runoffs into Sweetwater River. You know, everybody's like, what? The Fizzle Rocks caused a seizure? No, the runoff from the manufacturing of the drug, not the drug itself. So Betty's like, why did it only affect girls? Which is a very good question to be asking. And I have a feeling that's going to come up later. Hmm. Mm. I'm an herbalist, Betty, not a medical doctor. And so like the tests were ordered on the water and they were faked. So it was fitting that poison be his end. Betty says, you know, just because someone is a horrible person doesn't give you the right to kill them. And here Penelope really sticks it to to Betty, doesn't it? Isn't that what you did with the poison that infected your home? The imposter, Chick? Hal tells me things too. When you delivered Chick to the Black Hood, you sent him to his death. You're not so innocent, Betty. And if you insist on turning me in, I will gladly do the same to you. And we get some Jughead narration again, very film noir. That's when Betty realized no one's innocent in crime town. Done with you, Jughead, for this episode. Be quiet. Okay, Jughead's searching through room 311. He sees a Glamourge egg on the on somewhere. He picks it up. Kelly Ribba comes in with a gun. What are oh. you doing in my room? All right. Oh, this is Glamourge egg. This is a gift from Hiram. Like, blah, 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 blah. I do love, why is a water inspector carrying a gun? <laughs> you know, how do you pay for this? It's super expensive unless Hiram puts you up. She says, I'm no kept woman. I do a job and I get paid for it. And so she's the water inspector who's faking the reports. Yes. And so Jughead says, okay, so I'm confused because the letter says the water is dirty, but the report says the water is clean. So you either lied to the governor or you faked that report or both. So then Mills Mulray says, you know what? Break the egg if you want. I don't care. Just get out of my room before I call hotel security. And Jughead just throws the egg and she catches it and he walks out of the room. So we go back to the blue and gold. Doug is typing on his typewriter. Why was Hiram faking water test reports? What is he hiding? And what did any of this have to do with who shot him? He gets a telephone call, and it's Sweet Pea. I followed Hermione Lodge like you asked. You better get out here. So then we cut to Sweet Pea and Jughead in the woods. And we see a room. And it's Hermione getting down with Manetta. Sheriff fucking Manetta. Who has not been decapitated. <laughs> Clearly. And they're just like, wait, he's alive? Okay, so they've been having an affair for months. We go inside the room, and Hermione's like, okay, there's too many people asking questions, which means our little outstanding problem you need to take care of tonight. I've cleared the decks. Use your old sheriff's gun. All signs will point to FP. And we get to Jug, and Jug's like, they're talking about framing my dad. I gotta warn him. I'll have to figure it out and warn him, which is just a big old fuck. <laughs> Archie goes to face his demon. Goes to the hospital, gun in hand. Back in an eerily deserted Riverdale General, Archie Andrews was a man on a mission, on a collision course with his dark destiny. After months of torment at the hands of the man in black, he was trying to bring a sorry chapter in his life to close the only way he knew how. So, like, yeah, Jug, like, he's standing outside his room. Jughead goes to FP. Dad, I need to talk to you. 
And Effie's trying to leave. It's like, there's something going on at the hospital. Uh, no, you can't go there. It's a setup. Hermione and Minetta, dad, he's alive. The two of them plotted together to kill Hiram. And Effie's like, what? Yeah, they're going to finish the job and depend it on you. Minetta's alive. Dad, there's a lot that you need to know. I just got back from the coroner's office. So we cut back to Jughead at the coroner's office. This is this is where the back and forth would have been good if it was in black and white. Jughead's basically yelling at Colonel. A week ago, the t- torso of Michael Mineta was found without its head or its hands. Except it wasn't Sheriff Mineta because I just saw him. He's very much alive. He's very much alive. And Colonel's like, oh my, someone must have made a grave mistake. Save it, Junior. Who asked you to fake Mineta's death? And he says, Hermione Lodge. Okay, so we cut back to present day. I saw Minetta and Hermione up in some secret love shack up north. Why do you got to use the word secret love shack? It's a love Love shack. shack. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Got me a Chrysler. It's as big as a whale. You're fired. You're fired from life. Yeah, I know. So they go back and forth. And it's like, you know, clearly they've been trying to murder Hiram. And Effie's like, no, they didn't. I shot Hiram. What? <laughs> what? This is so good. Hermione came to me. She wanted it done. And I wanted revenge. Do you think I forgot about Riot Night when that son of a bitch came this close to getting you killed? I've been biding my time, waiting for the opportunity. But if you and Hermione tried to kill Hiram, why would he appoint you sheriff? Payment. It was my payment. And I was naive enough to think that the office of sheriff would protect me in case Hermione got an itch to double cross me. Guess I was wrong. And Joke is like, well... It's lucky you've got me in your corner. I have a confession to make about tall boy. But maybe we can solve both our problems. But we need Miss Cooper's help. <laughs> of, course, of course we need Miss Cooper's help. Uh, uh, it's time for those uh, those Jones boys to see if they can get out of this pickle. Yep. All right, we go. We're at the hospital and Archie's in the room. And he's just like, I came here to end this story. Um, and, and basically says the thing that he hates the most about Hiram is that the thing with the black hood, but then you hired somebody to take another shot of my dad in our house. And he's like, you know, maybe it's time I balance the scale. So he points a gun at Hiram, but then he sees somebody walking in the hallway towards the door. So he hides and it's Mineta. Mineta comes in and points a gun at Hiram and Archie shoots. Mineta runs off and we see the doorknob rattling and we cut to Hermione arriving at the sheriff's office. SP. Alice! She was not expecting this. No. Apparently, they have found the man who shot your husband. Who who did? <laughs> Gerald Petit, but you, you might know him as Tallboy. And so, like, it seems that Hiram kept him alive in a secret cabin in the north to carry out odd jobs for him. That is some amazing baiting, and I love it. I love it when they get cheeky like this. And FP's just staring <laughs> at her money. Can you imagine that? He's like, you know, Tallboy resisted arrest, got violent. Unfortunately, I was forced to discharge my sidearm. He died on the way to the hospital. So Alice is there to take a statement from the sheriff and the mayor so that they can present a united front. Do you think we're on the same page? And Hermione's just like, yes, I think we are. <laughs> you, you fucked. May I just mention, it's real fucking dark in that room for a television shoot truth could we turn on a fucking light well alice is new at the broadcast journalism thing so (laughs) and i don't think she was ever a very good journalist to begin with (laughs) so whatever go over to the nightclub ronica and reggie are talking about you know we need to act fast we just need to break into the prison and destroy the drugs and the equipment before my mom sells everything 
And Reggie's like, that sounds a lot like the plot to Bad Boys 2. I love you, Reggie. <laughs> Reggie's my new favorite character. He's my favorite character this season because they've done such a great job with him. I think we sh- I think we can call him Big Dumb Reggie, but it's not an insult. But he but like no. Because he's not just Big Dumb Reggie. He's Big Feelings Reggie. It's really more <laughs> accurate. Oh man. Veronica gets a phone call. It's Archie. What happened? And she's like, I gotta go to meet Archie. Not what you think. <laughs> but can you handle our heist on your own, bad boy? Yeah. But he's also like kinda hurt. It's like Oh, she's going to go see Archie. Man. She's my lady now. <laughs> God. Have sex one time. He's such a doofus. That's precious. All right. So we go to the hospital. Veronica comes out of Hiram's room. How is he? He's alive. Thanks, Archie. But what are you doing here? And Archie lies. I was looking for you. I wanted to apologize for what happened. I was I was being an ass and I wasn't myself. And Veronica is just like, I'm sorry, too, that I ever thought for a second that you could have shot him. And Archie says, you know, at some point, maybe I could have, but I don't hate him anymore, Veronica. And Veronica says, you know, he's awake and he wants to see you. And Archie, if you ever need a friend to talk to, and Archie just goes into the room. And this is sweet. And I do like this. I like that they both apologized for their stupid shit. They they can't have their part of the core four. These two can't can't hate each other for the rest of time. Like being hurt and then separating them a bit makes total sense and is appropriate. But like, I do like that she apologized for thinking, like for thinking that, and that Archie owned up for the fact that, like, yeah, I hated your dad that much. Mm -hmm. Like it could have happened. So he goes in, and Hiram, I propose a truce. You don't make a move against me, and I won't make a, a move against you. You're a fucking adult. This is ridiculous. Like, and then they handshake on a life for a life. Like, you're a goddamn adult and he's a 16-year-old boy. He is a fucking boy. What? But it's Archie Andrews. He represents the, everything good and... Sad. It represents Sad. everything good and happy in Riverdale. Right. And I will crush that. All right. Well, Veronica, burning drugs, drugheads, typing. Meanwhile, in case you'd forgotten... Betty's encounter with Penelope had shaken her worldview. There was only one person she could talk to about it. All right, so she's with Hal again. Penelope's guilty. I found the proof that she poisoned Clifford. My clever daughter. So what do I do next? I'm not sure. I thought I caught her. I would turn her in. And blah, 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 blah. And Hal's just like, you know, I think you feel pity for her because Penelope and I were products of our environment raised by those who taught us a twisted sense of right and wrong. Do you still believe that she's a monster who deserves to be in here? And Betty kind of goes, well, maybe not every murderer is guilty and maybe not every victim is innocent. Maybe it's not all black and white. And Hal says, and oh, and this is where he went full Hannibal. I wonder, Betty, if one day you'll ever be able to see me in that same compassionate light. Ew. Ew, creepy, but in the best way. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. In the appropriate, like you're creepy. This is how it's supposed to be, way. Hello, Clarice. Mm-hmm. We, we're at the nightclub. Josie's working. Archie comes up to her. How are you feeling better, Red? You know, <laughs> he says, thank you. Do you think Mr. Keller would talk to me about boxing? And do you want to jam sometime like in the old days? I love Josie. Like the old days? <laughs> like the old days? Which is like an adorable callback to season one, <laughs> which was precious. And she goes, yeah, but you're singing back up. And she's like, okay. <laughs> that's, that's fair. 
we're at the hospital and Veronica's wearing the Bacall hat again. And Hermione is just like, what the hell did you do? Oh, I assume you're talking about the drugs. Reggie and I burned them last night along with the equipment. But I told you I've had a blur lined up. Blah, 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 blah. Hermione already used the money from the sale of all their shit to pay off the governor. The seller paid in advance. Yeah. So now they're fucked. Mm -hmm. Hermione is fucked. Now we go to the blue and gold. And Hermione is paying a visit to Jughead. You think you're really smart, don't you? (laughs) You have all the answers. Jughead's like, I know Hiram's mistress works for the sanitation department. And Dr. False Water reports for you and your husband. Thank you for re-explaining the entire plot of the episode for us she's like you know okay so is that all you know and jug is like no not in the slightest but why would you tell her what you know you dumb 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 he doesn't he's he's pulling the noir detective-y thing here he's like you know betty told me about the runoff with fizzle rocks manufactured at blossom maple factory how it poisoned sweetwater river and gave everyone seizures that's why hiram had to doctor those reports to cover his ass it's also why he moved his drug lab to the prison away from the water supply now, my guess is that you were pissed about his drug lab and what it was doing to all the girls in town. And soon after, you hired my father to shoot Hiram Lodge. And now we get smug Hermione face. But that didn't work. And you tried to finish the job at the hospital with Minetta and a sheriff issued pistol so you could pin it on my dad. I also know why you did it. Veronica, you knew that Hiram was responsible for her seizure. Very good, Mr. Jones. But you're forgetting one thing. And basically, this is all about revenge. She's pissed at him because he had hired Tallboy to take her out, which is fair. <laughs> I guess. In, in, in the morality of this television show? Yes. But basically leans out with, but you're not going to tell anyone, are you, Jughead? Because if I go down, your father goes down, and that's a promise. So I think we should agree to keep each other's secrets, don't you? I'm going to get some Jughead narration. You know, So Hermione and I were deadlocked, a stalemate, much like Hiram and Archie, Betty and Penelope. And as for Minetta, I didn't imagine there'd be much worry about there. And we see Hermione with Minetta. They're done boning. And she gets up to give him a cigarette. And instead, she shoots him in the face. Yeah, what are we going to do about FP and the kid? Uh, you know, your husband always had a simple way of tying up loose ends. So, yeah, she shoots him. <laughs> we go back to the blue and gold. Jughead's tap, tap, tapping away. Veronica comes in. She pays him. You know, she's like, okay, second half your payment. And Jughead says, you know, don't you want to know who really did it? And as Veronica's leaving, she's like, forget it, Jughead. It's Riverdale. Riverdale. Okay. As eye-rolly as the forget it, it's Riverdale is, this is one of the few times that they let the moment they did a nice, perfect beat, and then they took us out. Because they usually try to rush too quickly. They don't let it sit. I mean, it's referencing Chinatown. It's a great line. It works for what they were doing this episode. You know, talking through this, Mm -hmm. I think this is a garbage episode. Oh, all the mechanics of what's happening are garbage, but their execution of it is actually pretty good. So what they did was they took a garbage script and action and they made it look really good. It's style over substance. Yeah, for sure. When we watched it, it was fine. And then when we talked through it, I was like, this is a bunch of bullshit. Oh, easily yeah easily i mean it's entertaining at least it's just a lot of moving stuff around which i guess they have to do but it's kind of like this is one of those times where you go and we didn't need this episode we probably could have accomplished this a lot faster in another way but it's still better than archie getting mauled by a fucking bear true true. like we've had incremental improvement so i will accept this (laughs) 
I do accept this. And like they did move pieces and we did find out information. So that's all valuable and good. So it's not a stylistic episode for the sake of doing. It's not like the musical episode. No, it's it's more akin to the horror trilogy yeah. we did. And But I just the more I went through it, I was just like, oh, this is dumb. <laughs> All right, well, we're not going to do a uh, next time on segment because we have actually seen chapter 47. We're not going to pretend that we haven't. Thank you for bearing with us as we get caught back up to with the airing schedule. Thanks for being patient. We had a couple people reach out and be like, are y'all done? And we thought about it. We thought about quitting after the bear. <laughs> oh, that fucking bear. But no, we're we're back on the upswing and we're, we're, we're going to, at the very least, we're finishing this season. Yep. And then we can reassess, but I... We're, we're just we're pot committed now it's just happening <laughs> it's like i'm i'm a completionist at heart so it's just gonna happen so until next time hashtag, hashtag go, go bulldogs, bulldogs. thanks for listening be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.